Hi, this is Jenna. And this is Heather. And this is Conspiracies Unlocked. And if you think that we sound fucking amazing, it is because we do. There is something different. Why, yes. What could it be, Heather? What is different? Maybe we have a Yeti in the studio. Oh, my God. Not a Yeti. Yeah. <laughs> and because the Yeti is so, like, fluffy, it's it's making us sound better? The Yeti is amazing. The Yeti is a microphone. We bought a brand new microphone. And it is, seems like we, we sound great. We don't sound echoey. Nope. Like, not like we're in a cave at all. Not like we are far away. Or underwater. We sound like we're right next to you in the car or on your run or whatever you're doing. We're just your BFFs. We're here for you. I feel like we sound more like our true voices, too. Do you think so? What if people don't like our true voices? I think they're going to love it. (laughs) Okay, so today is about the book, chapter 1984, and we are doing chapter two, part nine, dash <laughs> two. All right, so this part is, all, like, these part, this chapter two, part nine, is only, I will have you know, like, what is it, like, 40 pages, and we thought we could just, like... Divide it into 20 pages, so two parts in the beginning of all this. And then as we continued forward, we realized we were uh, overachievers and that would never happen. So we did it in three parts. And now that we've actually started to read it, we are now considering four parts. And because it's there's so much information in this little part because it's a book within a book. It's very in-depth. So in the last part, which was chapter two, part nine, dash one, because it was only, we only did like the first little bit of that, um, Winston got a hold of Goldstein's book, which is pretty much like the brotherhood, the manual of the brotherhood that they had just, um, Joined so they could go incog and take out the the party and yeah. be free. Yeah, Winston was um, also overworked because he did go through the one week of hate, which he was working like ninety hours a week or some bullshit. It was crazy, and he they actually set up cots in the the office for them to sleep at work because they didn't get to go home for an entire week. Because he was having to rewrite, like, everything. For example, the dude comes out and is all, like, mid-sentence, decides, hey, but he got a note. The speaker that was, like, conducting the yeah. the hate was like, oh, um, and th- like, just kidding. We actually are at war with East Asia now and peace with Eurasia. And, and just for a simple reminder, Winston is living in the, um, in, in Oceania. There are, there are three, like, countries... And this one is Oceania. That was my phone. Sorry, guys. <laughs> okay, so moving on to um, we're, uh, the actual next part of this. Is we're on page eight, 184. And um, it, we're pretty much in Winston's head because he's reading the book. So this is like a book within a book at this point. And it is called The Theory and Practice of Oligarchical... Kickle, 
It's spelled O-L-I-G-A-R-C-H-I-C-A-L, Collectivism, by Emmanuel Goldstein. Now, you may be wondering what the fuck oligarchical (laughs) is, because guess what? We did not know either. So, oligarchy is a structure of power, governmental or economic, where the majority of power lies in hands of a few individuals. What is collectivism? Collectivism is any philosophy... (laughs) I can't speak. I can't read. Philosophic, political, religious, economic, or social outlook that emphasizes the interdependence of every human being. And I just got this off of, I guess it's called slideplayer.com. I'm not sure. It was just like a little meme that I Googled really quickly. So pretty much it is how their government is working. And that is, that's the theory and practice of their government, I guess. Does that sound right? It does, yes. Okay. So, here comes the book within a book. So, chapter one of his book is titled, Ignorance is Strength. And we find out, are you going to talk at all? Or am I just doing amazing? You're doing amazing, and I don't want to cut you off, but I think you're doing great. Okay. Yeah, chapter one starts with, is titled, Ignorance is Strength. Well, you can't repeat me now. Well, I'm just concurring. I concur. (laughs) I concur. (laughs) Well, I'm incurring. (laughs) Um, We find out that there's three kinds of people, the high, the middle, the low, and no matter what happens, society will always revert back to the three classes no matter how much society tries to change it they bring back hope they try to figure like they try to combat it it just doesn't it always goes back to high middle and low class pretty much and there's no way to get out of it and they used an analogy do you want to read the analogy about the gyroscope Of course. So it goes on to say, even after enormous upheavals and seemingly irrevocable changes, the same pattern has always reasserted itself, just as a gyroscope will always return to equilibrium. Equilibrium. However, far it is pushed away pushed one way or the other. I underlined it and I'm crossing out words. So yeah, I did that one way or another. Yes. Yes. So what I found out from Kids Britannica, because they have the easiest um, definitions to understand. So I I look at kid books. Mm -hmm. So according to Kids Britannica, a gyroscope is a device that can be used to tell when a moving object has changed direction. They are used for navigation to keep planes and ships on course. So I had heard of a gyroscope, but I needed like the picture of it. Once I saw it, then I knew exactly what it was. And I thought the definition would make it more clear in words without seeing what it is. But I don't think it really helps either, but it's like a a cylinder, it's a circle, spear shape, and there's it's on yeah, an axis, I, and there's there's multiple lines, so whenever it, like, goes one way or another, yeah, then no, it, like, I tilts, can, and then you know if you're going, like, to the left, to the right. I can picture it in my mind completely, because I have seen a lot of um, movies where they have gyroscopes for the, yeah. the ships and yeah. stuff. Yeah, well, I, I looked, I knew, I, I knew what it was, I just, 
I was hoping that the definition would give more of like a vivid image mm -hmm. and it does not. So anyway, yeah, so it is what it is. So that's what a gyroscope is. But I really like analogies and I like that one too. Like no matter what you do, no matter how far you push it, it will always equal out and it will always become the same. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, what is next? So then Winston takes a break from like reading and he just kind of like soaks in the solitude. Mm -hmm. And do we know where he is? I thought he was just in his, like, room. Well, he was or reading, he but he, it did say that it was, like, the comfort and the safety of it. And like, so is he at Mr. Charrington's then? Um, well, he was alone with no telescreen. Yeah, because he's alone. And... Yeah, I'm looking back. He was at Mr. Charrington's waiting for Julia to arrive because the, oh, the week of hate sense. had just ended. So he's just, like, hanging out there with the book waiting. Um, so he's just, like, literally just enjoying the book, and he's like, gosh, this is, like, what people used to do, because he's not allowed to do that anymore. They don't just sit back and enjoy books. Like, proles can probably do that, but he's not allowed to do that. The party's not allowed to do that. It was, like, a safe space for him, and he was very comfortable. Yeah. And very excited to, like, dive into this book by Goldstein, because he had, was really probably anticipating it for so long that he finally had it in his hands. It was probably a really good feeling. I imagine that when he was sitting in the armchair, because it says that he settled deeper into the armchair, and he put his feet up on the fender, and it was bliss. It was eternity. So it was, like... He was like, like he had something that no one else really had. So he had like, um, almost like a secret, you know, like he had like no one, there's only what, 10 of these books, I think it said, or very, very oh, few. Oh, there's few. There's probably maybe like less six, than yeah, 10. I thought there was only like six or seven. So, so it's almost like, I don't know. I was thinking so like special. maybe 10. So it's like, yeah, he's just like settling in. He's going to read this book and get all the tea and just, yeah, he seemed very um, content. Content, yeah, yeah, good word. So he flips back open the page, the book, and instead of continuing on where he started, he decides to just flip open a random page. So now we jump over to chapter three, which is called War is Peace, which is just like what Big Brother, remember in the beginning, Big Brother would always say ignorance is strength, war is peace, and mm -hmm. something else. And that, yeah. Why are the chapters named after that? It's kind of freaking me out. Like, maybe there's some plot twist where Goldstein is Big Brother. Ooh. Plot twist. Yeah, I didn't think about that. <clears throat> yeah. So, um, this chapter just kind of goes into how the world split into these three, they call it super states, being um, Eurasia, East Asia, and Oceania. And um, Eurasia was... Um, Europe and Europe was taken over by Russia and that became Eurasia. The British Empire was taken over by the United States and that was called Oceania because it was the British Empire, the United States and all the islands and all like like um, Greenland and Iceland, everything there in between, like in the Atlantic mm -hmm. Ocean, all the little islands and stuff, that all became Oceania. And East Asia was smaller than the others because it was um, the... Austria, um, the southern par portion of Africa, and it says um, the British Isles and Australia Asia. Uh, it's not Australia; it says Australasia. Yeah. So Australia in this in this fictional world must have already been taken over by Asia at some point. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, I saw that here. Those yeah. kind of threw me off when I read it. Yeah, so those are the three super states that are are always permanently at war and have been for the last 25 years. Um, and it goes on to being like, there's no reason for war other than the hysteria because each country or super state's so large that it doesn't matter. Like, they don't... They don't need anything from anybody else, so there's no reason to be at war with each other other than to create this mass hysteria of constantly being worried and constantly believing in your government and trusting your government and trusting the party and trusting that they're going to take care of you because there's no material cause for fa- for fighting. There's, um, yeah, what did you... Well, also it says that even though, like, there's this constant war, that it's constantly, like, repeating itself... And that it's just constantly, like, it never ends. It just keeps going and going and going. And that in the physical sense, war involves, the war involves a very small number of people, mostly highly trained specialists and causes um, very few casualties in the fighting. Um, It was always after items. Like, there was always a shortage of goods because they would drop a rocket onto the goods just to get rid of them. And then they could keep the f- the fear going. Yeah. And the reasons why the war doesn't make sense um, in this book within a book was because none of the three super states could ever be conquered because they were all completely even. Mm-hmm. Nobody had greater power than the other. There was no material motive as the economy is self-contained within each of their own super state. They do not trade goods. They're self-reliant and self-dependent on their own. And then they each have, the super state each has its own protection. Like Eurasia is is protected by its vast land spaces. Mm-hmm. And then Oceania by the width of the Atlantic and the Pacific Oceans, where East Asia is by its, um, in, its inhabitants. It's, uh, what is it, in, in industries, Industri- indu- industries, like. Industriousness yeah. of its inhabitants. Yeah. So it just it doesn't really make a whole lot of sense um, other than why other than to destroy goods. And we get into that, I think, a little bit later. Um, there are some parts of the world that is not owned by the three super states. So they're always like these properties are always changing hands. And these properties are disputed territories and they have valuable mineral minerals, vegetable products and a bottomless reserve of cheap labor. So there are people living in these mm-hmm. the areas and they just are slaves. And whoever is, um, like, whoever owns it at that time, whoever fought for it and got this, like, piece of property with all these slaves on it, now owns the slaves. Yeah. And they're, like, such bad slaves. Like, they're just, it's not nice. It's not okay. And it, 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 I mean, it goes on to even say that the inhabitants of these areas are reduced more or less openly to the status of slaves, and um, they're continuously um, from from conquer. Um, can't say the word, but I can read it. Let me see what word. Conquer. Yeah, conquer. From conquer to conquer, because it just keeps redoing, like the war yeah, just keeps just repeating. So it doesn't matter who's in power, they never set the slaves free. It's not like someone new is in power and then they're like, oh, okay, you know, we're going to set you free. No, they just keep, it just never it just, ends. Yeah. It and never so, ends. And if this, this was a fifth of the world's population were in these non, like these, these areas and they were called coolies. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh, yeah, the coolies. <sighs> the coolies. It's so weird. It is weird. Yeah, I don't know why they oh, made that up. Anyway, this, this book is, like, a really hard read. Um, it's to understand it because the writing style, I think, is different. And I think that George Orwell did that on purpose because he's no longer in Winston's mind, so he had to make it a different, like, thought. You know, like, because he, now he's in Emmanuel Goldstein's mind because this is his book. Yeah, and also the way that this reads is, like, there isn't it, there isn't paragraphs. It's just a one long thought. Like, when you're reading the book, there isn't, like, really defined paragraphs. There's, like, a couple, but it's mainly just one huge paragraph. And it really Like, is, the paragraph is, like, three pages long. Yeah, it's almost like, um, it's like, it is, like, a manual for the Brotherhood. And so it's, like, almost, like... In the beginning of the book, when we started to read this, it was like, we were really confused, like, what's East Asia, what's this, what's this, what the fuck is this new world? Well, it's like we're having to, like, reread it over again, but through Emmanuel Goldstein's eyes as opposed to Winston's. Mm-hmm. Or, I mean, like, I thought they were mind. countries until we get to this part, and it refers as super states. But this is Emmanuel Goldstein's yeah. manual, so maybe mm-hmm. nobody calls them super states except for Emmanuel Goldstein in order to have it be part of their brotherhood or whatever yeah. something like that you know it's a little confusing but yeah yeah so um it it just kind of details fighting over the war and apparently according to goldstein and this book the book within the book modern warfare is simply to use up all the surplus supplies so this is where i was going to read this part of the book um, the world today is a bare, hungry, dilap- dilapidated place compared with the world that exists before 1914, and still more so if compared with the imaginary future to which the people of that period looked forward. In the early 20th century, the vision of a future society, unbelievably rich, Leisured, orderly, and efficient, a glittering antiseptic world of glass and steel and snow-white concrete was part of the consciousness of nearly every literate person. Science and technology were developing at a prodigious speed, and it seemed natural to assume that they would go on developing. This failed to happen. And it's like... They had all this hope. So in before 1914, they were like, we're going to change the world. We're mm. going to do this. Everything yeah. is great. And now that it's 1984, the turn of the century, they're realizing that none of that actually happened. Everything just got worse and worse and worse. And there's more hunger. There's more. By trying to get everybody equal, it turned into worse. And every time there's somebody new in power and then conquer that part of whatever, like, part of the war, they don't do anything. They don't fix anything. They just keep it all, like... Okay, so this... I have an example. Um, Brad said, like, that he made parts for somebody for, like, the military. Mm-hmm. And that person said that they claimed that the old parts that they had made the year before were old. But it was, like, thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars worth of parts that had never even come out of the box, and they just threw them away. Because they needed to keep 
keep up with, um, they need to make sure that they got funding from military for the next year, funding for that department, funding for this, funding oh, for that. Gosh. But that's still kind of what we're talking, that's yeah. kind of the same thing where they're wasting supplies, they're wasting steel, they're wasting yeah. whatever the material, the time, the energy, just so they can get just that so they funding. can get the funding back again for next year, for this, for that. Because if they don't need anything, then why are they going to get money for? Yeah, exactly. And that is also mm-hmm. how big corporations work too. Yeah. Like, I've even seen it like, well, this could have to do with expiration dates, but I don't think so. Like, I think that, like, you know, I've seen videos on TikTok and stuff where people who work in restaurants or not restaurants in in stores, grocery grocery stores, stores, where they'll take the food and they'll put it in, in the compactor. And like they don't donate it to the homeless. They can't anymore. Do you know why? They don't. They don't even like put it out in the dumpster where maybe the homeless. They're not allowed to. Can grab it. Do you know why? No. They'll get sued. Why? Because if that homeless person gets sick, they the stores will get sued but it for might allowing not, them. It to, might not even be expired. It could be like one or two days off. But they already have so much more coming in that they just offload. Yeah, back. but they but they used to they used to be able to donate to bro, to different um, goodwill like food, and ba- food, food banks, banks and stuff. Or Salvation but now, Army. Or now something. they're not allowed to. Wow. Because they, the Salvation Army won't accept it because they don't want to be liable for if somebody says, "Oh, I got E. coli from this." Even if it's not even expired yet, it has like a couple more days because it's not all that like expired. That is, that would be okay. But, but they if don't. They else, just take it yeah. and they just put it in. No, I know they used to have. Um, when we used to drop off the boys, we go behind one of the grocery stores at their old daycare to to cut through all the traffic. Yes, we're cheaters. Shut up. But anyways, um, we would cut through and um, we would always see the trucks there. And then all of a sudden, slowly we stopped seeing them. And yeah. it's because they, they can't, they do can't that because anymore. that'd be liability. And it might not be like that in every state, but for sure here in California, yeah. Yeah, in California, it's like so crazy and it's like such a sumi state. Like everybody's so fucking so happy. And that's crazy because we know that people are listening to us all over the world. And, like, I'm curious how it is in other countries. Like, how, what do they do? Oh, they probably their, are very nice. And they give probably away their donate food. it, right? Yeah, I could not imagine yeah. that people in, like, Belgium or New Zealand or any of those places like do throwing that. Just, it away? No, they just seem so nice. <laughs> I mean, it just seems like such a waste. It's it like, is. Yeah, so that's what I thought of, like... Yeah, it is such a waste. So it says that as a whole, as a whole, the world is more primitive today than it was 50 years ago, and it... It, it, is, it, it is. It totally is, exactly. Yeah, it is. Um, it's crazy, and it's only getting worse. In our real world, it's only getting worse. I mean, let alone this. But even then, like, we're having more and more homeless people, more and more hungry people, more and more, you know. Mm-hmm. And, then even, and then other people are rising to fame for fucking having a TikTok. Yeah, I know. It's and spending, bad. I saw somebody spend at uh, Disney World for two people spent eight hundred and fifty dollars on a meal, and not like a good meal with like lots of alcohol. It was like a vegetarian portion controlled, where it was all like fancy or whatever. It was for two people, and like one of the Wait, plates was like a hundred and eighty dollars. I don't fucking know. They poured out drinks, and it was like steaming and stuff. So it was like four hundred dollars a person. Stupid. Yeah, it was just you know, and it's like, why are you gonna waste your like? There's so, like, I waste money, don't get me wrong, but it's just, like, how can you, how can, like... $400 is, like, my food budget for the month, if I'm being honest. Like, that's probably what I spend in the month, like, not going out to eat, like, groceries. Yeah. And that's even, like, low for California, but But, that's, like, what I 
try to like aim for. And I get having fun and you know splurging a little bit, but I just like think like people actually live like that like all the time. That's insane. Even if I had that much money, I just could not see myself spending it. I would more spend it on like, let's get on a plane and let's go to Paris. Let's get on a plane and but like, would I would want to spend eight hundred dollars in Paris on a meal. No, but I would no. Okay, I might. <laughs> if no, I, I had mean, that, if I had money, money, I might. I'm just saying, like, I if I know. had money like that at my disposal, just like that, I would rather travel and have like experiences rather than just like food. You're just gonna like go to the bathroom it's gonna be gone like what's <laughs> you're gonna be you're gonna be hungry again in a couple hours like it's yeah. not like something you can hold on to like a ring <laughs> or like the you, memories like, love your jewelry or the memories of... she's like oh i don't need i don't it's a, it's cool no, we go was... Disneyland. it's cool i don't need a souvenir i just need a pandora we need to go to pandora i need a, i need that's my souvenir that's what i was thinking of exactly yeah. like you like disneyland like ring yeah yeah, yeah. I get charged. Paris? When I go. Isn't there Disneyland in Paris? There okay, is. There you go. See? All right. Well, anyway. Okay, so then we get into the part here. about the machine, and I have a machine with a question mark. Did you? Yeah. What yeah. is the machine? I don't know because when the for machine first made its appearance, it was clear to all thinking people that the need for human drudgery and therefore to a great extent for human inequality had disappeared. So I think it I think the machine is like referring to just like the government, the party, just the machine. Like, like the it just moving the moving parts of, of everything. The party. And they thought it was working, but they never is they never repaired from the atomic war in the fifties. So okay. they never like because I didn't understand and, if it was like a literal machine. Like, no, no, I didn't get it last night either. It was like moving this, parts. Yeah, no, it's just it's just like the machine. The machine's against us, you know, like yeah, the like, government as as another word for the government. Okay. So if the machine were used deliberately for that end, hunger, overwork, dirt, illiteracy, and disease could be eliminated within a few generations. Mm-hmm. However. If they did that, if they if they if they destroyed the hierarchy society where everyone worked short hours, had enough to eat, live in a house with a bathroom and a refrigerator, and possessed a motor car or even an airplane. And there'd be no there'd be no inequality, everybody would be equal. The problem would have already disappeared. However, if it actually happened, that would mean that the poor people would become literate. Mm-hmm. Instead of being illiterate, they would yeah. wake up and they would be like, wait a minute, all you rich assholes are sitting there and I'm doing all the work. There's no need for you. Yeah. And then they would they'd push out all the rich assholes that don't do anything. Mm-hmm. Except to maintain power, and they'd be like, "Wait, I'm the farmer. I'm I'm the workaholic. I'm doing this. I'm doing that. We're we're all like putting in our fair share. Fuck you." That was exactly my thought on it. Is like the basically the sheep and would wake up, yeah, <laughs> and be like, "Wait a minute, you've been fucking us this whole time," and that's what's happening now. Like we were just saying, the TikTokers and yeah. all these like you know. Kim Kardashian, famous for being famous, like, she had a sex tape with Ray J. It wasn't even that great, honestly. Well, I mean, come on. She was nobody before that. She was O.J. Simpson's lawyer's daughter. 
Yeah, I mean, she's pretty. She was pretty when she was younger. She's cute, but like, but like, okay. Yeah. I know a lot of people that are cute when they were twenty. Well, it was like before girls had like like now they ha- women have like OnlyFans and like they didn't have anything like that. All she no. had was like a MySpace. Se- oh well, the sex, sex tape would yeah. be the closest thing to that. Yeah, but you know what I mean. Like you look at it and it's like, what exactly are they doing? But remember, a lot of people were doing that back then, like Pamela Anderson, even though she got hers stolen from her though so it's not yeah. really the same thing Paris but Hilton Paris, I had Paris that Hilton. one yeah Paris I love Hilton. Paris there's like certain people that I love and it's Paris Hilton I do and love Hugh Paris. Hefner like it's so random the people that like I like I'm obsessed with but Paris Hilton is like she's really she's so smart and people don't give her enough credit and don't believe like she was yeah she was born with a lot of money but she was only born with not as much as people think. She was only born with $5 million that was given to her, right? That was, like, her trust, yeah. which is a lot of money. But yeah. she made it into this multi-billion. But she went through a lot as a teenager with she her She did with her of going to the boarding schools and everything. Yeah. And then she also, like, the and whole, she, like, like, that's hot and all that. But she said, like, she's like, that's all just an act, and you guys are all falling for it. Sorry. Even, <laughs> like, Marilyn Monroe, that was all an act yeah. back then. Like, yeah. that was a persona that she put on, so that way she could make money off of the image. It's the image. Yeah. So, anyways, um, so, while this idea of being equal and everybody being the same, it, like, sounds great, but in practice, such a society could not long remain stable. So it's like socialism, though, right? Basically, if yeah. everybody had, like, the same. But that would never work out. Yeah. Because, be, and then even here it's saying it would never work out. Yeah. Because all, there's always going to be somebody with more. And, like, it's just not going to be okay. Then I feel like the world is just in a constant cycle of that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, they, the, the book says they would sooner or later realize that the privileged minority had no function and they would sweep it away. Like, in the long run, a hierarchical um, society was only possible on a basis of poverty and ignorance. Mm -hmm. So it's only saying that you can only do it if people are poor and stupid. But that's how it is now, too, though. Like, the people that are in power... They're in power because they keep the people low behind. Like, like even now in America, like, the middle class is, like, kind of dwindling away in a sense. Mm -hmm. And that's, like, that's what they want is they want to keep you reliant. They want people to be on, like, government assistance and, like, be in, like, debt to them in a sense. Like, almost like it's a modern-day slavery. Yeah. Like, it's not physical slavery in America. Yeah. But it's, like... It's, like, monetarily, like, slavery. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah. You know? And they are, yeah. They control you that way. And they, like, they they kept the masses in poverty by restricting the output of goods. And this happened during the final phase of capitalism between the 1920s and 1940s in this book. Over half the population was surviving only on state handouts. Yeah, AKA like food welfare. assistance. Yeah. yeah, or food assistance all, or so they, housing or child care. They're literally just on government assistance. Mm-hmm. So, and they, they kept the fight going, the warfare. And so they kept this, like, thought of, like, the poverty thought going that, like, oh, good, I'm so glad for the scraps that we have when the government is doing it. 
Yeah. It's funny because it's like I just saw a thing on like a TikTok reel or something and it was the CEO of JP Morgan and there was a lady, I cannot remember her name right now. I want to say her name was April, but I might be wrong. And she did a breakdown of like a mock breakdown of one of the employees. Like I think she said her name was like, I don't know, Penelope or Regina or something random. And she's like, she makes it was whatever, like minimum wage, like 16, 17, whatever she said, an hour. She has to pay this much for rent. She has to pay this much for yeah. child care, this much for food, this much for a phone, this much for utilities. She breaks it down, the, and she has like a, a one child. She's a single mother. She breaks it down to where the lady's like in the negative like five, like five, six hundred dollars roughly. Mm-hmm. And she's like, okay, you're the CEO of JP Morgan. This is a JP Morgan employee. This is what they make as a bank te- teller. How is it that like you deal with millions of whatever dollars, budget, whatever per year for JP Morgan or whatever, but you cannot fix six you cannot fix this like analogy of this six hundred dollar like difference that like you can't make this like what is and he's like I just don't know I don't know I'd have to look into that and he's like stumbling around it and she's just like this is basic math and she's like going off on him cool and it's JP Morgan well and that's a lot of a lot of companies I don't know if they still do this but they did for a while where they would have like a big companies like that where there'd be like you know like 5,000 people in the building or whatever would offer free child care because yeah. it would be cheap. You think about it, and if they did that, it's actually cheaper because it gives a benefit for people to want to work there. Mm-hmm. And then they get free child care, and it's a tax write-off for the company to mm-hmm. pay the child care workers. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah, and they're not going to, like, your employee's not going to call out because they don't have a sitter, and then yeah. you've got to scramble to find somebody else. Yeah. Or your customers and it just, are going to be waiting. It's such um, a big benefit you know that wouldn't cost a, any company that much more if you have enough employees for to fit the need yeah yeah so so i thought that was like fitting to what we were talking about right now i just saw that last night too oh really yeah oh. it's just starting it's so just funny. going around yeah so um i wanted to read this part of it this is the part whenever i called you and i was like dude i'm underlining half the page you have to be highlighting the whole goddamn book my whole book is highlighted yeah like i'm like this is too much we need to stop before you know like where we were originally gonna stop at so anyways it says the essential act of war is destruction not necessarily of human lives but of the products of human labor war is a way of shattering to pieces or pouring into the stratosphere or sinking in the depths of the sea materials which might otherwise be used to make the masses too comfortable and hence in the long run too intelligence even when weapons of war are not actually destroyed their manufacture is still a convenient way of expending labor without producing anything that can be consumed. A floating fortress, for example, has locked up in the labor that would build several hundred cargo ships. Ultimately, it is scrapped as obsolete, never having brought any material benefit to anybody. And with further enormous labors, another floating fortress is built. In principle, the war effort is always so planned as to eat up any surplus that might exist after meeting the bare needs of the population. In practice, the needs of the population are always underestimated, with the result that there is a chronic shortage of half the necessities of life. 
but this is looked on as an advantage that yeah. like you get the little scraps that you can mm-hmm. and basically it's keeping a shortage and everyone is having like small privileges and it makes the distinction from one group to another like the inner party thinks they have it good while the outer party has like a little bit of less and then the parole is even less but the line between them is so thin i mean what does Winston and O'Brien have that are different. Yes, O'Brien has um, white walls, two, like, servants, and he can turn off his telescreen, and he has wine and better cigarettes. And he can only turn off his telescreen for, like, 30 20, minutes. Yeah, but that's such minutes. a big difference. It too. is, yeah, but... Well, for them. For them, it's like, oh, my God. But in reality, these little tiny privileges are really nothing. They aren't, but when you don't have a lot of options and choices, and that's how, it is a big deal because they yeah. don't have the luxury of choice. And that is exactly how the government in this book is keeping them under control. Yes. But why? What is the purpose? Power-hungry assholes? Like, is that what we're up against? Is just power-hungry assholes? Why wouldn't you want people to be, like, happy and chill and you know like what the fuck is the point of it just to be power hungry like I don't get it because who is really in this book in this world who has the most money like who if it's for money or something like well, that well the party right but O'Brien's part of the party and that's all he has is just a little bit extra if he was there's gotta be people above there O'Brien there has to be people above O'Brien there's that like one I'm wondering if it's Goldstein plot twist yeah there has to be somebody that's yeah. that's you know, calling the shots and doing this. And you he's putting this be... out as propaganda. Oh, shit. And he has his little brotherhood as, as propaganda. Yeah. I don't know. I, I don't know. know. But it, ultimately, it keeps everyone in poverty when compared to 1914, to before 1914. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you compare the two, and it really is keeping everyone in poverty. And that is where I um, stopped. I gave up. And look, it's mm-hmm. already been 37 minutes. I told you, it was way too long. We're, I know. We're, if we would have continued, we were going to continue to eight more pages. Oh, it would eight. be double. Yeah, you counted. I didn't. Yeah. yeah. Like, no. Mm-mm, no way. No how. <laughs> so there's that. And um, it's just going to get deeper, though, the more. <laughs> yeah. So, but we are already on page 192. And there, we're counting down the pages. There's only 326 <laughs> pages left. So, I mean, really, we're doing really good. We only have, like, what, 140 more pages left? We're way over halfway. Yeah, and we said that we would probably finish around August 14th. We've decided that we're now finishing around October. <laughs> probably September. September. Maybe September 14th, because it's only four extra weeks. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, maybe four weeks in September 14th. Mid-September. Okay, guys. Well, that's it. And tell us how you think we sound. Do we sound like shit still or did we get better? I think we sound fucking... We're figuring it out. That's the main thing. We are fucking getting it. I feel like we should sound amazing considering that Brad finished the studio. So there's... There's like the little, um, what are these called? Sound squares or I don't know. I don't what know. There's like little, the little foam. foam We're in a foam we padded had, room. <laughs> we already had it three quarters or four. Like we already had the roof and three of the walls done. We were just missing the carpet and one wall. Yeah, we have and carpet. We finished all that. We have carpet. We have that. We have the good mic. We, we have the like, yeti. And we have a fridge. Like we are doing shit. Yeah. Shit's getting done. Yeah. And maybe we'll get headphones. 
Maybe. So we don't have oh, to. Oh, we have to. We have to get headphones so we don't have to keep unplugging you. <laughs> <laughs> okay, guys. Well, that's us for today. And hang out and listen to us on Thursday. That's in three days. And don't forget to share, like, and subscribe. And don't forget to check out our reels. We have been posting more reels. And I think you'll really enjoy them. So give them a, a listen. A and quick look. And share them. They're like six-second reels about all of our episodes yeah and the links are in the comments usually yeah the links are going to be in the comments because (laughs) we can't link it on the reel we're figuring it out we have to do it in the comments so just look but you know what's great is that you guys are just here with us every every step of the way and that's awesome and we've been getting your messages so oh my gosh yeah thank you yeah and message us with um your experiences because i was looking on a bigfoot website like a bigfoot facebook page and there's all these people that were like giving um experiences and yeah I was like, we, we need that we need your phenomenal fan experiences please yeah we want to hear about all of your fun stuff so we have to do an episode on and all we like of talking you. to people so message us so we just don't talk to ourselves Okay, email us conspiracies unlocked at gmail.com. Bye.